Welcome to Your Birding Story, hosted by Tom Ferguson. Our guest today is Jeff Heater, co-founder of the New River Birding and Nature Festival. He's also the owner of Opossum Creek Retreat Cabin Rentals in West Virginia. Jeff's already on the line. Take it away, Tom. Hey, Jeff. How you doing this morning? I'm doing really good, Tom. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, man. It's great to talk to you, even with all the craziness that's going on out there. So I know you recently had to cancel your... Uh, New River Birding Festival. I bet that was a drag for you because you guys have been doing this for a while, right? Yeah, you're starting out with the gut punch right off the bat, huh? Yeah, it was, yeah let's get it over with. It was, um, it was painful. It is painful. Um, it would have been our um, 18th, 19th year. I lose count. And um, yeah, really sad to have to do it but really happy that um, it's been um, successful enough, long enough. You know, we've got, um, we can make sure that it happens next year, which is awesome. So you said this was going to be the 18th year? 18th year. How many people do you guys typically have show up successful? Each day we'll have um, 65 to 80 people in the field, uh, plus the plethora of uh you know, the talent, the rock stars of the birding world that come in and guide for us and all of our local volunteers. We usually have one or two locals on each trip and then one or two of the, you know, authors, artists, um, professional world-renowned guides. So with this festival, you've been involved with it from the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. Begrudgingly begrudgingly help start the first one. So maybe this is a, a good place for you to kind of tell us your birding story. How do you get into birding? This is super corny, and I think that's why I like it so much. But my grandmother, Grandma June, um, taught us to stamp robins. And to this day, I've never heard of anybody else who does this. So I'd love to hear from anybody out there. But you, when you saw it, it was supposed to be the first American robin in the spring and you'd lick your thumb. Don't do this now because of the protocols, but you'd lick your thumb, <laughs> put it in the palm of your other hand and then smack it with your fist. And that was for good luck when you saw the first robin of the year. But to keep us busy, she would say, you know, every robin. And so very early on, very young age, we learned, you know, what robins were and what weren't robins. And I really think that she made it up just to keep us distracted and busy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's nice. That's where I first remember paying attention to birds. And she always fed birds, you know, out her kitchen window and she knew all the birds, but it was never drilled into us. And we didn't really go bird watching. It was a very, you know, the quote unquote, put the binoculars on, walk out specifically to look for birds. It was a much more casual um, approach. And yeah, I've been birding with you and I like your approach. You know, it's, it's low key, it's fun and relaxed. And, you know, I noticed that about birding with you, especially at these festivals when we're with a lot of hardcore birders. Um, and you're not a lister, you just go out and watch the birds. But did, did you carry that on from your childhood and did you bird your whole life or was there a gap? And then you got back into it? Yeah, yeah. I, I've um, ebbed and flowed. And I am, I'm glad you can, um, that you notice that, that there's a difference. 
because I don't think everybody has to be that hardcore birder. You know, it's, it's, it's good enough that it's just this amazingly beautiful creature in front of you and you're appreciating it. That's it. You don't have to know what it is or what its call is or, you know, any of that stuff. But if you want to, it's endless. You can dig deep, deep, deep into it. Yeah, I, I really um, re, uh, was reinvigorated when I was um, a raft guide in Costa Rica. And a buddy of mine, Drew Thate, who was a birding guide for Victor Emmanuel and other folks, he came to Costa Rica to guide uh, rafts with me. And it was, he's, you know, when you get around somebody that's that good and that um, articulate, it's amazing how infectious it can be. And it was exciting. And, you know, of course, the birds down there are just mind-bogglingly colorful and crazy behaviors. So it was easy. The other thing that I think really helped at that point for me is they came out with the first bird guide to Costa Rica at that time, right then while I was living there. So I was able to get a copy of it and just start picking away at the birds that I was seeing on raft trips and just out in my day-to-day life, starting to keep track and pay more attention. How long did you stay down in Costa Rica? Were you there for a long time? Oh, a, a pretty long, a year, pretty, yeah, about a year nonstop. And then you bring this birding thing back to the United States when you came back? It's, it, that was the kind of like the contagion, no pun intended. Is that too soon? <laughs> Never too soon. <laughs> we got to keep was, it light, right? It was, um, it stuck with me from that point on, that, that immersion with Drew and in Costa Rica and with, um, other naturalists going on, uh, sometimes naturalists would come on the raft trips because that's what the rafting guests wanted. So they'd be there, you know, just talking about all this cool stuff, which I still love to this day um, as having somebody who's really that into it, who is really that serious about it, just waxing poetic about um, all these amazing details. And so I did um, carry it with me. Um, I lived in Chile for a while. Um, and then when I ended up settling here in West Virginia with my wife-to-be, um, just chance meetings with people who were um, into watching birds and wanted to go out. And this place, I was really not expecting what this had to offer um, during spring migration. It really um, blew my mind and really got me so focused and so excited about birding um, as a as a regular pastime as something that I uh, paid attention to. Hashtag always birding. Right. When when is that window open there in West Virginia? What's the best best time to be birding there? Fantastic question. Because right now, uh, this morning I heard uh, yellow throated warbler for the first time. Um, I've heard black throated greens for a few days and um, blue-gray gnat catchers. So the first waves are coming in right now. And we still, this is, I put up a um, post the other day, that little sunrise video, and the trick bird in there, which I don't know if anybody caught, was the junco. So the northern juncos are still here, and you, you could just hear them chipping in the background. And 
and we have chipping sparrows and we have, you know, so the, there's this really good overlap right now of stuff that hasn't left yet that will shortly and all the stuff that's starting to come in. And I'm looking at a rufous-sided towhee. They just got back in town. He's hopping by the rhododendron bush. Yeah. So any time from right now, early April until mid-June is when they all kind of quiet down. Okay, they're on, we're on nest and we're done talking. Um, that's when it kind of settles down. So, Jeff, how do you take this casual approach of birding that you have and blend it in with maybe some of the more hardcore people who come to the festival? Uh, really good question. I think that um, birding has come a long way uh, since, you know, even in the past few years or um, definitely in the past couple of generations, it's no longer the Anne Hathaway, you know, too cool for school model. Yes, there are folks like that out there, but way, way more, um, I, I don't want to just say fun because birding with those folks is a lot of fun. And it's really what we all need is somebody who's really that good to mentor us and help us um, figure things out along the way. But it's birding has taken a much more um, user-friendly, casual turn. And I think it's the right turn. It's the right way to go to make it much more approachable, much more accessible, and a lot more fun for more people. And the serious folks, the botanists and the ornithologists, they're still there. They're still doing good work. They're just getting better at allowing laymen to come and play along and share the experience. And uh, I think that's really cool and good for everybody. Yeah, I think this timing, you know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, there is somewhat of an awakening going on. And I can't imagine that when this is over, that people won't be going back and trying to get into nature, trying to reclaim it a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you go to the feed store right now, they will tell you that people are buying seeds, seed store, not feed store, one and the same. Anyway, people are buying, buying them out of seeds, planting gardens and, and just to have their hands in the dirt, not necessarily vegetable right. gardens, but yeah. And people need that connection with the dirt and with Mother Earth. And intuitively, they know that and they're already on it. They're already doing it. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I did last weekend with my family. We spent Saturday and Sunday in the yard doing stuff. And that's not a typical weekend at the Ferguson family. But yeah, there was this need. There was a need to reconnect to grab in. So there's a, there's a thing that I noticed between birders that I've seen all that I've met all around the country in this year and a half venture I've been on. And it's the interest in the music. Music seems to play a, an integral part from all the people that I have met and that I know that you know that are musicians, that are birders. And it's the musical interest. What, what's your connection with music and birding? My connection with music came from my grandfather, who... Um, Grandpa Gene on Grandma June's side, and he was a band conductor, marching bands and concert bands. And so there was always music in the house, always music playing. We took a lot of music lessons as kids. And um, Grandma B on the other side uh, was a singer. 
very an operatic voice you know she would be belting it out in the kitchen all day every day so there was that just growing up with that around my parents played um you know on the little stair phonograph in the tabletop a boy named sue by johnny cash i can remember as a kid and (laughs) (laughs) probably one of the first songs i really remember and um so that was always there, but I can't help but believe there's this, the connection musically is the be- the birds are amazingly musical. Um, and whether we learn the songs or not, we can appreciate just how beautiful they are. It's inherent. Yeah. We, we naturally appreciate those calls and that lyrical, um, just fun melodies that those birds come up with are fascinating and I think people don't even realize what they're hearing at times but really like it so I think that's a a connection that may be unspoken but understood along among birders and um, naturalists there's definitely something there because there's a high percentage of people that I'm meeting birding that have a really strong connection with music yeah and they also have a really strong connection with food so how about you? What's your connection with food through birding? <laughs> yeah. When, um, so you got, you got to meet Bill Thompson III before he passed away, just, just over no, a year ago. I, I, I actually oh, didn't you didn't. Meet him. That's I, right. No, you yeah, didn't meet him. So when he was at one of our, not our first festival, Julie Zikafus was at our first festival, and she's a musician. Uh, we went up and recruited Bill for the second or third year. I don't remember which. And so he was like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play, you know, I'll play my guitar and maybe I'll have my band come in and it'll be cool. And, and then uh, there's only one thing I really recommend you do for your festival. And that's, uh, you, you got to have really good food. <laughs> and, and that was like, seriously. And he goes, yeah, you can, the quickest thing to ruin <laughs> The quickest thing way to ruin a festival is had having wet spaghetti, and I was like, you know, that's <laughs> I, that makes perfect sense. And my yeah. first job was, you know, my first job when I was fourteen, I think, was in a restaurant, commercial restaurant, and I did everything in the in uh, restaurant hood um, along the way. So it was um, just it made perfect sense to go yeah you know that's what brings people together more than anything is when we share food when we when we break bread together and that's a big part of our festival is that we have small trips that go out during the day but when then everybody comes back together for the evening and we break bread and and mix and mingle and it's just this wonderfully safe environment for all of us to to share our passion for birding and nature and the camaraderie and fellowship that that creates. Yeah. That's what I've, you know, that's why I'm bringing up these two things is because it's not just birding. It's a community and it's a a community that has these other outlets that kind of come together where it's food as you just expressed it there or music, as I've seen it expressed at these festivals I've been at. This is a lot more than just chasing birds going on here. It's a connection. So I want to ask you one last question before we finish today. Are you going to make me cry? No, no, no. This won't make you cry. This season. So what's the last bird you saw, song you heard, and meal you made? 
Awesome. I love that. Uh, just saw that Rufus I to a minute ago. I'm sitting in the great room where we have the meals uh, during the festival. I think it has a nest in that rhododendron bush out there. The last meal I made was um, from scratch, uh, shrimp and grits for the family. It's, I put my shrimp and grits up against anybody's anywhere. Yes, I'm talking to you, Tom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the last song I heard um, was probably Bueno Bueno by Morphine, um, which uh, the, the lovely Jeff Gordon introduced me to that band not too long ago. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Jeff, and uh, sharing your story with us. And I hope next year the Bird Festival comes back and I'll be up there joining you. Cool. Great to hear your voice, Tom. Keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care, Jeff.